Making sure workers are treated well in the farming world. It's an important thing, particularly in this time of COVID-19. Making sure people stay healthy and are protected. And, and are they being protected by the programs out there? And are the programs just? And it, it, there's a lot of questions about this. One, one of the big programs that I'm referring to is the, the, the guest worker program. That more and more with the worsening worker shortage here in Washington State and all over this country, really, uh, in farming and I think a lot of people are feeling it elsewhere now too, but certainly in farming, the farm worker shortage as this worsens, this is one of the tools um, to be able to continue to produce food here in the United States, here in Washington state for farmers to be able to get the job done, to be able to hire folks uh, legally from other countries. They come in for their contract and, and be able to go back home. But as we've talked about so many times on this program, and I've talked to about it again recently, those uh, that program in particular has been under political attack by extremist labor groups for years now. Uh, one of them based right here in Whatcom County, Community to Community Development, and the, the union that came out of that, um, if you can call it that, the Familias Unidas por la Justicia. If you remember all the, the machinations that went on with Sakuma Brothers Farms and then the lies that were told about the, the unfortunate, awful death of a farm worker that they used as a political tool to try to you know, you know, play their own political games when it really didn't have anything to do with the H2A program at Sarbanan Farms out here. Well, these can continue. And recently on the program, I called out what happened with the State Employment Security Department being sent on what one person called a fool's errand. The state government being used essentially as a, a political tool uh, for extremist activist groups trying to take away the option of legal guest workers here in in Washington State, joining me now is the guy who was quoted as saying that and explaining it to us this morning better than I could the other morning when I talked about had to talk about it by myself because I just couldn't help but explain what was going on with this. Dan Fazio, uh, the director of uh, Wafla um, Farm uh, Labor Contract, you folks bring. Uh, help coordinate bringing uh, workers to Washington State Farms to be able to help get the job done, help make, you know, those folks make a lot of money, life-changing money that they can bring back to their families. Dan, recently you were in the Seattle Times talking about protecting workers uh, from COVID-19. Right, uh, right, uh, Dylan. So um, that fool's errand wouldn't be too bad other than the fact that, you know, taxpayers pay $2 million uh, to have people from the Employment Securities Department running uh, all over high and low, trying to find workers that they knew didn't exist to try and satisfy these activist groups who say that there are these uh, massive numbers of U.S. workers when we know they're not. And, you know, that's what our group does. We bring workers from, uh, from Mexico, Central America, but the farmers pay for it, and it's a legal program. The people have visas. The people are guaranteed wages. The people are guaranteed a great place to live or you know, good place to live. And then the people go home at the end of the 
at the end of the season. So it's a fantastic program where they have better working conditions and higher wages. And the activist groups, for some reason, are don't don't like it. And so whenever we can point out, as we did in the Seattle Times, that um, the program is a smashing success, we we like to do it. Well, in, in, the, mm-hmm. the bottom line is, and this is to quote Mike Gempler of the Washington uh, Growers League, he said the H-2A program is saving uh, the bacon of farming here in Washington State. Uh, we wouldn't have a lot of the farming that we still are able to keep here uh, without this program. There aren't other options. And as you pointed out, just to read your quote from this good coverage from Don Jenkins that I referred to recently here on The Farming Show uh, here on KGMI, um, in the Capitol Press, uh, your quote was, the allegation has been that employers use this H-2A guest worker program to displace U.S. workers, workers here at home, because they, the foreign workers, won't complain. Um, And you went on to say the statistic shows what happened here with the ESD that we're going to talk about shows the allegation is not true. No one is using the H-2A program so they can have employees they can abuse. Again, that's the accusation of these extremist groups. And these groups lie and say there is no worker shortage. It's not true. And this demonstrates it. So what did the ESD set out to do? Why are they out looking for workers? Why, why does the state, I mean, normally that's an employer that's out looking for workers. Why does the employment security department need to find workers here in the U S well, cause the activist groups told them that the farmers were lying when they told them that there weren't any workers. So every important to note, Dylan, that every farm farmer that uses the H2A program also hires U.S. workers. They have a big sign, all U.S. workers are uh, eligible to apply, all U.S. workers can apply. All of the all the, peop- the farmers use the H-2A program to supplement their U.S. workforce, okay? And so we know that, um, as you were saying, 30% or more of the apples would never get harvested. They would rot in the fields mm-hmm. if we didn't have this extra 25,000 workers that come in here to help us with the uh, the harvest. And so so ESD was sent off on this this fool's errand, if you will, um, to try and determine, you know, find all these other U.S. workers that, that you know, wanted to uh, take these jobs, maybe people who were on unemployment, et cetera, et cetera. Well, over the course of the year, they were able to find 115 applicants, but newsflash, 114 of them were not qualified. They were Mexican people that were seeing their ads online and mm-hmm. applying for them, and, and so they weren't U.S. workers. In the end, they spent about $2 million of taxpayer money and found one worker. They made one referral. Okay, that referral when the person got there, um, it was not hired, and I don't know why he, he wasn't hired, and they don't know why either. It might have been a person that was on unemployment and said, "Hey, I was forced to come out here um, because I have to do three uh, um, uh, three job searches a week, but I don't really want this job." And the farmer said, "That's fine. I'll check your box saying that you came here for your, your job." I don't know the reason why the person yeah. came, but the but the, the bo- bottom person, line zero at, at the end yeah. of the day zero people came out of this two million dollar recruitment you know manhunt you know headhunting effort to find workers zero now i have to ask yeah aren't farms and folks bringing h2a guest workers from other countries to supplement farm labor as you talk about 
Dan. And by the way, this is this is the farming show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI talking with Dan Fazio of Wafla. Aren't isn't that already a requirement before you oh, can even get H2A workers is you have to go through that search process and prove that th there aren't some people that you're missing that you should be hiring closer to home? Right. Before you can even get the go to step two, you have to go through an exhaustive process, send a letter to everyone that worked for you last year, um, put out ads uh, on the internet, um, you know, scour the, your, your area. And then, of course, once you have your contract in place, you have to agree to hire all U.S. workers. Um, the other thing is you wouldn't be using the H-2A workers if you had U.S. workers because it costs a lot of money. It costs over $2,000 per person more per year to hire these uh, the, the, these H-2A workers. And for some people, it's a very short season that they're here for. You have to pay them a higher wage. You have to have certified housing. You have to pay for the consulate interviews because the U.S. consulate wants to interview people to see who they're giving a visa to. So all these things are, you know, are, are done. So, so why, kind of silly. why then, if that's already happening and is a requirement of the federal program, does the state employment security department get pressured into doing the same thing over again and finding the same result? Zero additional extra people out there just kicking around who, who could and want to be working on a farm, but aren't for some reason. Simple answer, activists trying to manipulate the system, activists with too much political power, small groups of people with large amounts of political power down here in Olympia. What's their game? Why? Why? why what do they think they're going to accomplish? Why do they want to strangle uh, this program that, as Mike Gimpler said, is is saving the, the farming community's bacon? Well, they, they they only get money. It's the farm worker advocate industry. Follow the money. They get money when there's problems. They get money when farm workers are being abused. They get money when you know they can make allegations of uh, of abuse or malfeasance. So that's it's it's very simple. Make the allegation and get the money. This is almost like you know uh, I'm I'm thinking of these like animal welfare animal rights activists who actually go out and end up harming animals uh, to be able to kind of prove some awful thing. These folks are actually doing stuff that's anti-social, not positive for folks at very minimum, you know, wasting money. But I think there's a lot more to it than that to try to prove something that's not even there. Well, that's a very good analogy, because, and it, it flows right into the next uh, the next topic, and that is the the pandemic, uh, where we showed that people in the H two A program are three times safer than farm workers living in the community. We have ninety five percent vaccination rates for the H two A workers living in in the congregate housing facilities that they're they're staying at, and we had didn't have a single death in the twenty five thousand H two A workers that were that came to the U S uh, this year. So the the H two A program proved once again that it's better for workers, safer for workers, because these are a um, you know, motivated work uh, workforce that wants to do the right thing. We select them in Mexico. We tell them you're going to have to be tested on arrival. You're going to have to be vaccinated on arrival. You're living in a congregate housing facility where everyone's uh, uh, tested. If you don't, if that's not good for you, if you don't want to do it, um, you uh, you should probably look elsewhere for a job. And of course, if people have a you know a medical uh, exemption or a religious exemption, that those would be right. the people that right. that um, that that you know would 
would, would not be vaccinated and we have make alternate living arrangements for those folks. But that's a perfect example of what you're talking about, Dylan. Well, they're trying to somehow find, create a problem if they can to justify their ridiculous statements and activism um, and, you know, reap a, a paycheck one way or the other off of it. I know a um, few years ago, uh, I have audio of this somewhere, actually, uh, Ramon Torres of Familias Unidas por la Justicia saying uh, publicly that, uh, you know, he'd really like to not have to be a farm worker at all anymore. He wants the, the union to be able to pay his entire paycheck. Um, that's kind of his goal. Well, guess how they get there? They have to have something for, you know, so, some crisis they have to manufacture manufacture uh, to be able to do that and then they have to take money away from workers that they want to unionize to be able to accomplish them being able to have a cushy union organizer job uh, again dylan honkoop here along with dan fazio uh, of wafla here on the farming show on kgmi this morning um, this esd survey there you know man headhunt is just a crazy example proving again things that happened. For instance, um, when they were accusing, you know, several years ago now, Sakuma Brothers Farms down in Skagit County uh, of the same kind of thing. Oh, there's no worker shortage. There's plenty of workers and you're bringing in H2A workers and trying to, you know, force the local workers out and they couldn't come up with any actual qualified workers who ended up uh, doing those jobs. They came up with a list of a bunch of people who, who they said could do it, but none of them actually showed up when it came time to do the work. When are people going to finally step back and realize these folks don't have workers' best intentions in mind? They have their own political and financial aspirations in mind, and they will bend and distort the truth, and in some cases out and out lie, uh, to try to achieve that. It's just mind-boggling at a time when... <laughs> You know, farming is under so much pressure. We're trying to keep farming here local and here in the U.S. at bare minimum. Uh, and yet this runs counter to all of that. And here, Dan, you know, you were watching. These folks are uh, connected with and passing off information recently, for instance, about uh, heat rules. You know, it was a hot summer. We had the heat dome events. Um, they were saying, well, we need new rules and farmers are, or farm workers are being put in terrible positions and ignoring the rules and the regs already on the books. They even got mm -hmm. into the Seattle Times with, with some of that. The Seattle Times uh, kind of carrying their water with an op-ed recently that, that uh, wasn't factual. Right. Well, I mean, and the good news is that people listen to your show, Dylan. People educate themselves. And, you know, people listen, read the Seattle Times and the Seattle Times got it wrong and did a retraction. And, you know, they said, hey, we're sorry. The facts weren't right. We cut and pasted a United Farm Workers, you know, uh, piece and passed it off as our editorial. And, you know, we're sorry about that. And so people get educated. Um, you know, that certainly farmers and farm workers know how to handle heat. We have heat regulations that are in place. We're not here to argue about whether or not you should protect workers from heat. Every employer, if you can't protect your workforce, you can't be in business. Everyone, everybody yeah, knows you're that. You're done. But the good, the good news is that people are pushing back. 
And people are really, you know, on that editorial. Um, the responses by people were, hey, I think farmers do a pretty good job. The, re- the response to our op-ed that was in the in the sale time, very, very positive response. Great job by uh, farmers, regulators, um, and uh, the the provider medical teams international that did the testing and the vaccinations for all the farm workers that uh, who came up here and and um, were, were were protected. So good news. People are educating themselves. People see them see through these types of things, Dylan. Yeah, Not yeah. all bad news. Yeah. And, and that is encouraging, but how these, these folks have any sort of platform whatsoever, and particularly that they have any sort of audience with state leaders um, in, within our bureaucracies and even within the state uh, administration and the governor's office is beyond me. And I know from many things that I've seen um, that they carry uh, an absolutely outsized amount of sway over the politics and the leadership of the state. And, and how that happens, it, it, boggles, it boggles the mind. I, I, I think, it, it, you know, they're claiming to be about social justice. Um, and really, it's, it's the opposite mm-hmm. of that. It is yeah, the a, opposite of that. And and I don't again I don't fault the government agencies. They you know, they're looking after farm workers, we're looking after farm workers. Um, we just have these these people who, you know, get paid to manufacture um, crises that don't exist. And we're doing a good job. We're bringing the facts to light. Um, farmers are working on making their their um, their work sites safer. As I mentioned, a farm worker was three times safer living in a farm worker uh, farm worker housing provided by the employer than they were living in the local community um, with respect to COVID. And so we've got all that going for COVID. Uh, 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 Dylan and so I think we're doing a good we're doing a good job uh, covering a lot of ground and I think you know um, things are things are looking up I'm and, very positive and that's and that's so good to hear um, and I, I just think about what was it, a year and a half ago that we were here on the show talking about the you know bunk bed stuff um, mm-hmm. and 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 this it, it, the the numbers that you're sharing the success that you're talking about is proving at that time that we were right um, mm-hmm. that. You know, the folks, uh, these activist groups, again, on the wrong side of the facts at that time, they were pushing against the ability to house folks in bunk beds. What was the upshot? People were going to end up having to, what, stay in community housing without protections. They were going to have to, I don't know, be homeless, stay in their cars because, you know, they were trying to take away the already approved housing because they didn't like the idea of bunk beds. They were saying they were protecting people, but actually, you know, taking options away from them and putting them at risk. And now what you're showing is exactly that is the the folks that are able to live in that housing uh, bunk bunk beds or not are much safer, much healthier. And, and it just proves again, these people were not telling the truth. Well, the activists wanted to cancel, um, cancel farming operations for the COVID year. Yeah. I think maybe they think food, you know, is kind of like, you know, a, 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 you know, a manufacturing facility where you can shut it down, yeah. lock the keys and then come back a year later and, and do things. And, you know, what were people supposed to eat for the year? I don't well, I don't know what that's what they think. On, I mean, that's obviously what they think with, the, for instance, the uh, overtime exemption issue, very seasonal work. And they they want everyone to work a, an eight to five. Um, oh. Guess what? Our, our food doesn't get produced that way. It's the farmers and the farmer workers working crazy hours in harvest time and taking a month off in the middle of winter it's it's how it's been since time immemorial 
Well, then the farm workers, especially the farm workers in the H-2A program, the demographic of those people is they have a wife, two kids, and uh, grandparents to support. They come up here, and if we tell them you only get to work 40 hours, yeah. they're, they're saying, no way, I can't come up here and only work 40 hours. I want to be here for three months or four months or five months and work 50 or 60 hours a week so I can make my entire year's pay in and more in and support my family and my extended family in the three or four months that are here. Yep. They, they're extremely disappointed when we tell them, hey, you can only work 40 <laughs> hours a week. And, and that's just you know, the fact that in the H-2A program, most times we, we, you know, we have a 40-hour work week. Um, better to put the applications in for the re- regulators. But then we offer people more hours, and they ask us for more. They say, I'll work as many hours as you're willing to give me. Yeah. And so you know, we, that's kind of where the overtime regulation is going to really hurt those guys. Time and again, just- time and again, these activists and the things that they're doing by manipulating the levers of our state government are taking away opportunities from from farm workers uh, and in some cases, even putting them at increased risk, they're on the wrong side of this time and again. We're out of time. Dan Fazio with Wafla with us here on The Farming Show this morning. Dan, thanks for your time and thanks for the good work you're doing. And Dylan, same to you.